today I have the pleasure of talking with Pam Burley. Pam is the volunteer event coordinator for the Jumpers and Jazz in July Festival in Warwick in southern Queensland. Pam is an absolute extraordinary woman. She's a powerhouse event organiser and volunteers endless hours uh, to not only this event but to her community. I'm talking with Pam today in our 2021 Event Expert Series, where we chat with experts like Pam on what they see as their top learnings from COVID-19 and the silver linings that have come from that for their particular events. Uh, We also talk to Pam about the biggest change that she expects to see in our industry moving forward. And we ask her for her hot tip on a recommended resource for event organisers like yourself. Let's chat to Pam. All right, can you start, Pam, just by telling us a little bit about Jumpers and Jazz, just a brief intro? Sure, I'd love to. Love chatting about Jumpers and Jazz. (laughs) So it's an annual 10-day festival. It was commenced in 2004 by two very creative ladies over a glass of wine. Uh, On a Friday afternoon, the CBD had had a, a recent upgrade in the street, the streetscape. And all these lovely deciduous trees, which are lovely in the summer, but are very sad and drab in the winter. So they started out with the, this is the, they need jumpers, they need colour. And one of kind of a jovial, flippant conversation began the concept of jumpers and jazz. So now, you know, we're in, well, we would have been, you know, into our 17th festival pre-COVID, excluding COVID. And it just keeps on growing and growing. So it's it really is quite a it, it has been tagged as Queensland's quirkiest winter festival. And it, it is a mixture of the you know, the fiber arts, the yarn bombing, the tree jumpers, the live music. There's one of one of our other taglines is that it's something for everyone. So it's and the probably the important thing to say is that it is actually run by community. So um, we have a management committee, all volunteers. We do work in partnership with the gallery, with Warwick Art Gallery, who take responsibility for all of the m- amazing creative fibre art and yarn bombing exhibitions and the tree jumpers. But um, the and they also incorporate a huge number of volunteers in the work that they do. So it's very much community led, community owned, and community loved festival but it's also some a festival that people visitors love to come to as well love it it is quirky it's it's just such a beautiful concept and I love how you just said you know over a glass of wine this creative concept was born you hear that a lot you know these amazing festivals in regional areas that are born out of a community group or a couple of community members have this wonderful concept or crazy idea um, and, it, and it becomes, you know, another great festival. Parks, I'm pretty sure Parks Elvis Festival was very similar right. to that. Yeah. All right. So, Pam, we've all been on this COVID journey together. What would you say are your top two learnings from COVID? And I guess in a positive sense, I'm wanting to know what are the silver linings that you've taken away from this yep. period? So probably not a learning but an appreciation that we have had is the opportunity to stop and to take a really deep breath 
and to review and renew. So we do review our festival each year and we do a thorough review, but you're always, you know, you're already, you're finishing up and then you're going to, you know, you're planning again. And so we probably work 11 months of the year on jumpers and jazz. So um, the chance to actually stop, take a breath is something that we've hugely appreciated. And, but I think what that's also done is that it's, really uh, heightened our appreciation of the inviting the visitors in because, like, you kind of take it a bit for granted that, you know, we know that all the, the grey nomads come in from the south and they love coming to Jumpers and Jazz. So we have quite a, a, a lot of our demographic are, you know, the, the grey nomads from the south, you know, from Victoria, um, New South Wales, and then, of course, you know, northern New South Wales particularly. Um, as well as our Queensland visitors. So when border restrictions happen, you suddenly have this, it's just an awareness, oh, you know, there's a big chunk of our festival audience and passionate followers that, that are not able to come. So a deeper appreciation for the fact that, you know, we, our reach is uh, of our audience is quite wide and how to do that well, you know, looking at how we can do that I think, you know, we, I think we do it okay, but I think we can do better. We think we can do it better. So a lot of more learning around that, that you know, that, um, and, of course, you know, like we know that the impact of not having the festival has had on the economy of our region. So, and it's always been part of Jumpers and Jazz philosophy to actually not just to run a festival but to bring people in to build on the economy that that exists we're a regional community so you know there's a limit of funds available so when people come in with their money it injects and we know that our businesses have said that they rely on the income of jumps and jazz so you know when it doesn't happen businesses hurt and there's the roll-on effect so yeah and I think the other thing that we I don't know whether it's a learning but it is a silver lining is the relationships that we've built with other event hosts and organisers and you're realising, you know, that you're not on your own, that other people are experiencing this and other people have got the same concerns and, you know, how can we make the best out of, uh, you know, be the glass half full rather than the glass half empty people, you know, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, so a silver lining for us has been the relationships we've built and the knowledge that has been shared across those relationships, which of course, then enhances our ability to be able to do a good job as well. Mm. I, I, it's hard to pick one, isn't it? But I think, I think that's definitely something for me. You know, if I was to pick one of the silver linings, and as somebody that works with a lot of events as well, I think that forced pause. You know, that we we actually have been forced to stop and consider how we do things. And I think that's that was needed. You know, I, I think for our industry, we did get into this period of just being so busy turning the cogs every year that I've seen a number of events that have lost their way, you know, kind of become something perhaps they never intended to become just because you get caught in this cycle. So I think that for me is a big silver lining as a bit of an outsider looking in at some events. I think it's been so good to see these events just have the opportunity to stop, take a breath, 
but to also reflect and think about is this is this really the direction we want to be going in and how can we do things different or better or you know more sustainable so i i think that is positive as much as it's scary and daunting for a lot of particularly volunteer committees I think it will, they'll see the positive. You know, I think a lot of those events will, like you've said, you know, see that as a real positive for the future. Yeah. I think it's important to, um, and it's something that we've held very close as a committee, is to um, retain the integrity of the festival, of what it is that we are delivering, what we have committed to delivering, and not be coerced or scared into doing something that's not quite you know, or in line with the with the integrity, like, and I think that that's sometimes you can get tempted. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, we have to deliver something. You know, so can we go off and do that? But it doesn't really fit as well. And and I think the I think the event hosts, you know, ourselves included, we made the decision before it was forced to you know cancel. We made that decision, and that's a brave, brave move because. You know, you're risking so much by saying we're not going to deliver this. We could see the writing on the wall. We knew, you know, we would have been very surprised if it didn't go the way it went, you know, and then we were sort of saying, well, okay, what can we pick up? We were already churning with the cogs, you know. What could we pick? You know, we could still pick up if for some strange reason all the closures didn't happen, but we could see the writing on the wall. But it's a brave move for organisers to do that. Absolutely. So Pam, what do you foresee as the biggest challenges or the biggest challenge for our industry into the future? So something you and all event organisers should be preparing for now. Uh, I was mulling over this with um, with some of our committee uh, yesterday saying, you know, like, how, what, what do we, you know, what, what do we think? You know, like not necessarily just myself, but what do we think? And we actually uh, came up with one word and it's confidence. Yeah, I yeah? like it. Yeah. Because when you think about, we're sort of tossing ideas and going, well, you know, the financial financial stability and uh, sustainability, you know, things are shifting. It's You can't run against the way you, you know, and it won't be, you know, in the future. Like, you know that the the foundations are shifting there. So what will that look like? How do we, uh, you know, turn the table on how we're going to financially sustain ourselves? So there's that. Then, you know, we talked also about consumer confidence, like because festivals bring people together in mass gatherings and we know that, you know, people are confident into going into those smaller events and, you know, where it's, it's easy to control a seeded environment or whatever, but, you know, where's con- consumer confidence coming in with, you know, as regards to coming into a, a big festival of thousands of people, which is what we have and as many other events do as well. So their consumer confidence and then uh, there's the organiser's confidence. Yeah, totally. And the organiser, event, the event organisers, how do they have confidence to... Uh, do we keep going? Do we, and we know that some events are choosing to not deliver something in 2021 because of the shifting sands and the instability. Then there's others, like we talked about this yesterday and we said, 
we didn't actually even think about not doing 2021. It was just like we're going to do it because our community needs it. So what we do may need to, you know, vary a little, but we didn't for one minute think that we wouldn't do it. So, um, yeah, so, and I guess wrapped in around that is, I guess, some concern that you, you lose events, you know, which means that regions particularly um, don't have that injection of finance, economy, just even the, the increased vibe of having visitors in the town, you know, like what it does for your well-being. So there's, there's a big risk there on, on many levels if these festivals don't continue in the regions particularly. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Confidence. Yeah. That could be the word of 2021. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, of course, you know, like we, as we have been talking, you know, in our little network about the need for a voice of the regional events and it just brings it home even more you know when we're having these discussions you think yes this is why regional events need a voice in in government and decision making places about the value of what they bring yeah absolutely all right my final question for you pam what would you say is a recommended resource for event organizers Something okay. that you think they can get a lot of value from. That's really easy. Friday morning bounce back chat. Like, you know, absolutely. The And we know that, you know, um, I've only missed a couple of them and it's been because it's just been impossible for me for various reasons. But I love it and I know that my mate Beck loves it. And, um, you know, just the, because it actually has provided that opportunity to network with people, to build relationships, to learn. Like, and you know, we're all having our little side chats. You know, it's like, oh, that person looks interesting. Oh, would you like to catch up later? You know, we're sharing, you know, contact details and having conversations. And I know, like, I've offered some assistance to a couple of people when I've heard them say, you know, that they were struggling with something. And so we've had a chat on the side. I've also benefited from that as well, you know, with someone else that said, you know, oh, I noticed that you said this. This is what I did. Ah, great, you know. So I've got to say, you know, honestly, the Friday bounce backs, absolutely the best because anything you need can surface there because you have the opportunity to speak up, you know, and, and bring it. So whatever form that the bounce backs take next year, uh, I would really urge event organisers to to tap into it um, and take advantage of it. And of course, alongside of that is you know all the other web. You know, there's lots of webinars and you know, um, and certainly from Jumpers and Jazz perspective, we've been enjoying the um, the R events, you know, um, the webinars and the workshops, the masterclasses, and that's been really good for us. But and also too, I think the what it, the regional tourism bodies, the stuff mm. that they've been putting out. So for us at Southern Queensland Country, we've found that their stuff has been really useful as well. So there's multiple sources out there, but our top, you know, it really is our Friday bounce back chat. Yeah, I I love them as well, Pam. I love the opportunity just to bring like-minded people together. It's so beautiful to see people 
so passionate about their their own event or their own patch, but so willing to share and support others. That's what I've loved about it. And during this period where it has been tough and we've got people from different states and territories. So the other thing I've really loved is being able to, you know, us Queenslanders are being able to support our Victorian friends, you know, like they've had a tougher road than us. And that's something that I've really loved as well is being able to just, I guess it's, it's almost reassuring them that, hey, you know, based on what we've been through in Queensland, it's going to get better. It is yeah. going to get better for you in Victoria. And I, yeah, there's so much power in bringing people together, isn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, 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 it has that, um, that dual effect. You know, it, there's a give and a receive, you know, in it for everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much, Pam. Thank I always love chatting with you. There you go. Another great chat with an event expert. Make sure you check out our other episodes in this event expert series for more practical insights, different perspectives, and loads more hot tips.